One, two, three. Okay. April Fools. Oh, snap. Uh, ha, 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 Suckers. Ha, ha. We couldn't let that jerk from New York be right. <laughs> it was kind of lame. But what well, can you do? Well, what was kind of lame? They aren't. Our April Fool's joke. I, I'm wondering. People right now many... are so happy that we're actually recording and posting this podcast. I I wonder how many people will actually be fooled by that. <laughs> well, I'm not going to post in the forums for a whole week. I won't be able to keep it up. Well, it's it's not even going to be a whole week. It's going to be three days. I guess that's true. two days even. <laughs> I mean, I'll, like I'll uh, I mean I'll I'll post this up sometime on Saturday. So there there will have been three days of dissent. I'm going to have to keep my trap shut and wow. Oh, I'll snap. Like, I'll be like, yeah. You know, I, I, took, I took inventory of my priorities. And doing Scarlet Monastery runs was just a lot more important to me than having a podcast. <laughs> I really want to get Herod's shoulder. That is a good item for a tank in the late 30s. Yeah, who was the one uh, talking about... Uh... The, his WoW character is so much better, and he hasn't played in like a year. Ryleth. Yeah. Back off. Nobody cares. Yeah. Epeen. We try to avoid that. Can't do it all the time, but got to keep that stuff on the down low. Oh, man. So what are we talking so about? It's, it's, it's April Fool's, or was, I even guess. though we missed a podcast. This is also our... 200s show as i just noticed really well that's Indeed. pretty impressive we've been doing this for a long time i guess it would be more impressive if there was you know some sort of validation for it other than the fact that we just keep doing it you know like when a, a tv show has to be backed financially so when they make it to yeah. 200 shows it means that they were popular whereas with this it's essentially i mean it's not free but it's pretty close yeah, we we need very little support from, or we need we don't really need any approval from people who make the show possible. We're the ones who make the show possible. That's yeah. what they call the democratization of the internet. We should. Yeah, this show is brought to you by Dave and Joel. Do 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 do. Oh man, we should come up with that. Seriously though, I would kill for some sponsors. You would, and we what? would talk positively. I would kill for some sponsors, and we would talk positively about whatever you wanted. Totally, I don't I'd even be care. so into it. I would chill the crap out of your product. <laughs> Pride no, I, is not one of our. I don't problems. remember which podcast I was listening to, but there was one that had like ads for it for like Direct TV or something, and I was like, "This is totally incongruous." What the fact that a, a podcast would be in opposition to Direct TV somehow? I don't know. It was just I don't associate Direct TV with anime podcast. I mean, I guess there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not like some people where I have this like vitriolic reaction against ads, but like they they really don't bother me. But it was just weird. Oh, you mean the fact that it would appear in the podcast? Yeah, well, in an anime podcast, I don't know. Anime podcast, like wouldn't wouldn't you advertise like Basilisk? I guess I don't know. It's it's whatever I mean, I can't imagine an anime podcast would have a broad enough appeal to get direct t- TV involved. So clearly some do. 
if you believe some guy on the internet, remember that guy at the Otakon panel last year? Oh, that yeah, um, he was basically ripping Japanese TV shows and putting them on yeah. his vidcast. And he was like, I make $2,000 a month doing this. And I was, I was like, like, wow, that's not a lot of money. Uh, it'd be more than enough for me. I guess if you didn't spend all to your do time something doing that it. requires almost no work, like if that was my job, I'd so be down for that. That's Honestly, not, that's if only, he's clearing two thousand bucks a month uh, after taxes, that's more than I was making at my last job. Well, I guess after taxes is one story, but like that's only twenty four thousand dollars a year. That's true, but um, it's not. I barely made more than that a year before taxes at my last job, <laughs> which I'm slowly starting to realize. I was a lot happier there than I thought I was. The grass is always greener in Philadelphia. Yeah, Never move that's away, true. sucker. No, well, too late. Everybody's gone, jerk. I know. Those, I'm Jared's the only in one. Canada. Jerry's so soon to be gone. Long. Jerry, by the way, Jerry and Alex came up um, just for a day over the weekend. Yeah. It was pretty, it was pretty cool. We just hung out. Uh, Dude, they smashed up the Jared's sus- guitar. I would have paid them money for that guitar. Really? Yeah, I totally. I've you been pl- wanting to get a cheap ass guitar because I don't know how to play it, but I would yeah. love to learn how to play "Surrender" on the real guitar. <laughs> Why? When Guitar Heroes right there. <laughs> it's not the same. Like I think that would be the only song I ever learned how to play on the guitar. But after I learned yeah. "Surrender," then Alex could have smashed it up. Dun, 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 yeah, it wouldn't even be that hard. But that's the keyboard <laughs> yeah, you part. You would hope. Um. Yeah, but anyway, we there's this like pretty cool Australian place near us. Like it's an Australian bar, and they have some funky food items on the menu. I thought, yeah, including they have this. There's a hamburger, and it has on top of it koala beets, bears? lettuce. You wish kangaroos. I wish I I would platypus. eat a koala kangaroo bear burger. <laughs> but no, this one is a little more pedestrian. But it does have. So it's got beets and lettuce, uh, mushrooms, pineapple, and a fried egg. What? It is It is fantastic. That sounds grosser than the grossest thing I've ever heard in my life. What's putting you off? Is it the pineapple or the egg? It's the pineapple. I'm down with yeah. beef and egg. That's like a Japanese thing. I've had that before. Yeah. I was going to say, if you uh, if you were offended by the egg... I don't think we could be friends anymore. Because <laughs> we used to get that. There was like, what were those diners in Philly? There were like a couple of them in Center City. I forget what the name was, but like they would all have a number after all of them. So they'd be like, the big one, four, or like, you know, the big one, three. And one of their signature burgers was the fried egg on top yeah. with bacon and cheese. And it was basically like, I, I hate my body, so <laughs> you know I'm going to dispose of it in the most efficient way possible. What does this hamburger need more of? Cholesterol. Yeah, definitely. Just slather it on there. In fact, don't even give me the whites. Yeah. That is close <laughs> enough to a healthy food. Can you? Uh... It's not healthy because it's been fried in butter, <laughs> but it's it's... It's on a line. It's straddling the line, and I'm just not comfortable with that. Just there's, dump there's, the yolks on it. The the amount of protein in the white is far too high a ratio yeah. to the cholesterol in the yolk. Basically, man, that was some good stuff, though. And ev- basically, everybody got a food that somebody else wanted to eat, except for Graziella, who got a salad. Nobody was really eyeing the salad. Man, girls make but, bad decisions all the time. I think she just wasn't very hungry. She's not, 
She said she she wants me to say she had already eaten. Yeah, whatever, Graziella. Whatever. <laughs> a salad, really? A salad? Um, but Jerry and Alex got these meat pies that looked fantastic. Scab's got half of a chicken. <laughs> and normally <laughs> I I can't stand eating like chicken and stuff like that because I hate picking it off the bones. But this was just so tantalizing. Like it looked like a meal that a barbarian would eat. Snap. Like in the movies, just this like chunk of roasted meat smothered in so some it was mysterious the sauce. Perfect meal for scabs. <laughs> yeah, basically. It allowed him to cover up his uncouthness. His poor table manners were not suspect. Well, you guys, it's a half a chicken. Of course I'm gonna eat it with my bare hands. Scabs, you're you're eating on the floor. There was there was an episode of Pete and Pete that had a shockingly similar met moral, where the guy he always did everything perfectly, and they fed him fried chicken or barbecue chicken or something, and he ate it perfectly with a knife and fork and didn't get a stain anywhere. And they were like, "No, that's not the perfect way you eat barbecue chicken. You're supposed to get messy." And the whole the whole town learned something that day. I'd like to think. Hooray for Pete and Pete. No, no, not hooray for Pete and Pete. That was a bad show. Oh man, there's gonna be a lot of people if, that disagree. Yeah, with you. if you, I want you people on the internet to go back and watch that show, and just ruin all your nostalgia for it. <laughs> well, that's back when Nickelodeon was like the things kids watched on cable yeah. before there was like a million other children's programming channels. Well, Nickelodeon was kind of the only programming that it wasn't treating the kids like they were intelligent adults. But the kids were so stupid that they were able to be fooled into thinking that Nickelodeon was doing that. And Nickelodeon seemed to make a pretty good empire out of that for the majority of our childhood into late adolescence. So good for them, I guess. But those shows were not as smart as you think they are. They were kind of just bad. Like Salute Your Shorts, not a good show. Very bad, in fact. I never watched any of it. I didn't have cable at all. We only had cable in the living room, so my access was limited. Oh my gosh, I do not want to have a whole podcast about Nickelodeon. I sort of do, because we don't know what else to talk about. <laughs> what are you talking about? I, I got a couple things about. for you. What's up? Uh, here's here's a free bit of advice, if you'd like some. Uh, don't buy beds over the internet, ever. Because you will hate them, and yell at your girlfriend. Why did you do such a thing? Well, the bed broke, right? So right. I had to get a new bed. and Oh, snap, the bed broke? Yeah, you know it. You know <laughs> it did. <laughs> that was like an episode of Cribs. This is where the magic happens. It's, it is intelligent to buy things over the internet because they are much cheaper, and you don't need a car to transport them. But, uh, God, I think this is the worst piece of Ikea-like furniture I've ever had to assemble. I, I think I... Burn the fingerprints off my thumbs trying to turn these screws. <laughs> you do, you need to get a power drill, dude. Okay, well, that's the problem is these things, it wasn't like there was no way to access them. First off, it's an Allen wrench, so hooray. Oh, geez. But second off, they're in these like little crevices where you can only turn the Allen wrench like a fraction of an inch before you have to take it in and put it back in and turn it again. Like, we're talking about, it took us probably three hours to put together the bed. 
Probably a whole two of that was Graziella turning these screws. <laughs> I gave up. <laughs> yeah, I hate the Allen wrench furniture kind of blows. Especially when they expect you to assemble the entire piece of furniture just with the Allen wrench. And they think that's yeah. somehow convenient. It's not. It, the Allen wrench is one of the worst tools ever created, guys. Well, I mean, it doesn't even count. I mean, they, I feel like the Allen wrench was invented along the time of like the hand drill and uh, the hand planer. Like, we're past yeah. that, okay? We don't need yeah. these things anymore. Let them go. <laughs> I don't, I just don't understand. Like, these shallow recesses where you have to put the screws in are on the back of the headboard. Like, there's no reason why it has to look as aesthetically pleasing as possible. It's going to face the wall. So you could make it so more convenient than having this, like, two-inch long recession in the wood where you can't fit anything. The only time and I've, like, I've ever seen a bed in the middle of a room is like in a movie uh, in the 80s. Like what? Yeah, like, like one of those Molly Rigwald, like Sweet 16 kind of deals. <laughs> like the bed is the only thing in the – or the bed isn't it the only thing in the room, but it's just like in the middle it's and sort of – The, the canopy diagonal. bed. <laughs> yeah, basically a bed in the most retarded place you could think to put it. I could also believe if you had a heart-shaped bed that you would put in the middle of the room, but if you have a heart-shaped bed, you are trapped in the 1970s, and you may be a gigolo. <laughs> in which case, have... hopefully, you can afford more than a IKEA bed. Yeah, that's true. It's it's said often, but I think I'd hoped by uh, by the year 25 that I would have progressed past particle board furniture, but at the same time. Without Graziella's impetus, I would still be sleeping on, like, the metal frame that my mattress came with. Well, it's, like, non-particle board furniture is super expensive. It's also crazy heavy. Yeah. That's because like, it's made out of real wood. I mean, particle I was board just thinking, I was like, if I ever have to move this bed, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> that is preferable. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, whatever. That's how I spend my Tuesday afternoon. Pretty fun. Come home from a long day of work. It's like, yay, bedtime. But, well, the test is tonight. If it's worth sleeping on, maybe all is forgiven. Well, the the bed is different than the mattress, man. The mattress is what makes the bed. That's true. It's the same mattress. So, I guess I already know. <laughs> as long as it doesn't fall apart in the middle of the night, I guess I'll be happy. Or as long as it's not infested by bed bugs. That would also be preferable. That is one thing that if I I could take one solace in the fact that Jerry is moving away to an Asian country and I'll likely never see him again, or at least not for many years. It's that uh I have now I have no reason to ever revisit that apartment and <laughs> reinfect myself. So we're at, so Alex already moved to New Jersey? Uh no, I I, maybe, yeah, because I think Jerry's staying in Jersey now. I think they've already vacated the apartment, which is good. Like, I just got over the bed bugs, like, a couple weeks ago. Like, for months. Like, infestation-free for since I moved up to New York. But every time I had, like, a patch of dry skin or something, I would freak out. I'd be like, bed bugs. It's bed bugs. My skin's itchy. It's bed bugs. <laughs> Uh, you're crazy. Better not be with the amount of money I paid to get my stuff fumigated. Yeah. I would have been pissed 
Those guys were so nice. That's because they knew they were selling you nothing. Nothing kills the bed bugs. Nothing. Yeah. Well, like a biblical play. Clearly, something does. We're lucky Pharaoh gave up when he did. Yeah. When I was doing bugs. the 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 reading on those things, the bed bugs, like basically the reason they're reinfesting America is because they banned this cockroach that they used on. Or they banned this chemical that they used on cockroaches that would also kill bed bugs because it potentially was cancerous to people. And so now, whatever. I mean, I'll deal with it. Uh, so now, you know, to kill cockroaches, they use like food, like bait, and the bed bugs don't eat that. So they're not killed. They're not like a collateral damage on the cockroach killing. So that's why they're coming back. Yeah. I think it's also just because people are dirty. Well, no, but I mean it it has nothing to do with filth. Like it's like it's, they don't thrive in filth like cockroaches do. It's just there's you're not a bad person if you have bed bugs. That's like one of the first things they tell you. It's I like disagree. The support group. It's not your fault. It's not my fault. What the hell could I have done to bring bed bugs down upon me besides lived in a slum? What have you done to make God angry, Dave? Well, that list could go on and on. <laughs> Uh, we don't have time in this podcast, which is now clearly rambling into nothingness. I think all, all we have is time, but uh, I guess I could shift the conversation over to video games. I got a Crisis Core. Oh, yeah? It is shockingly good. Well, I was pretty psyched by all the reviews. People have been saying the battle system is crazy good. Yeah, which is not to say that it is a shockingly good game, is that... It is a Final Fantasy VII title that does not suck total butt. <laughs> Therefore, I am shocked that it is as good as it is. Well, I think they finally stopped trying to just trade on the Final Fantasy brand and decided to make a good game that just happens to be based around Final Fantasy. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually pretty interested in it. Like, Battle System's really good so far. It's a little button mashy, but I like it. Um... But I'm actually kind of interested in the story because it's a prequel and it tells you what was going on with Zack and Shinra before Final Fantasy VII. Um, well, because Zack kind of Zack shows up in Final Fantasy VII briefly. Well, he's dead. Well, yeah, but no, there's that Final doesn't Fantasy. Cloud but, has but a flashback when they're in he's a, mentioned. Yeah, that as I remember, that flashback is really hard to get. Like you have to do a lot of things to actually see it. But yeah, if you pay enough attention over the course of the game, and that is hard because Final Fantasy VII story is very muddled and very poorly translated. <laughs> but basically, what it is is that both Zack and Cloud, you know, were these um, like test subjects that escaped from this lab, um, and Zack at some point died, and Cloud sort of assumed his identity without realizing it, like. I don't know, post-traumatic stress or something. But he took up Zack's personality almost. And, you know, as you progress through Final Fantasy VII, you realize that Cloud was never a member of Soldier. He was just sort of... He impressed Zack's memories upon himself. So I'm, I'm interested to see what the story of Crisis Core is. Uh-huh. Um, and what's really cool is that in the game, like... Zack's a member of Soldier, and he's sort of, he's like really naive, which is kind of annoying, but it's just on the line where 
it's not annoying enough to be one of those annoying anime things. Like, it almost is, but his, like, naivete and his vigor and whatever is bearable. It's not totally frustrating and stupid. Um, but it portrays Shinron like such a good light, sort of. Like, they really seem like a positive corporation and... uh like, even characters like Sang and Sephiroth from Final Fantasy VII seem like they're good guys. Like, you're having friendly conversations with Sephiroth. Well, I mean, and like, Sang is like you, like you work with him. I feel like the story of Final Fantasy VII wasn't so much that Shinra started out evil, it's that they were corrupted by their own power, just like Sephiroth. You know, the- well, I'm, I'm sure this will factor into Crisis Core. I'm not at all far in the story. And the story. I kind of don't care about. In fact, in in some ways, it seems like a rehash of Final Fantasy VII's. In that, like, there's another agent of Soldier who's gone rogue. So it's kind of just like it's a different, pretty-looking guy doing the same things that Sephiroth did, like straight down to like the clones. Maybe Sephiroth is actually a clone in this one, a clone of a clone of a clone. <laughs> But I'm I'm willing to buy into it for now. I'm willing to suspend my disbelief, and I I feel like I almost feel guilty because I'm not progressing the story because it's a portable game and it's one of the few games for the PSP that actually takes advantage of this. Like God of War for the PSP was not a portable game; it was like a PS2 game that you could play on your PSP, where. Final uh, Crisis Core has all these uh, like little side missions you can do that take like five minutes. So it's perfect for when you don't have a lot of time. You're like, I'm just going to eat a couple of these crackers. Like instead of enjoying the full course meal, you just have a couple saltines when you're waiting for the train or whatever. Dude, so, saltines are not a snack. Okay, fine. They were when you live in a house that hates sugar. There are people out there who are not allowed to eat sugar. And to them, saltines are a snack. And how dare you belittle their experience? <laughs> Fine, Joel. They're, they're like Oreo cookies. The problem is you eat three or four saltines. You don't want to eat any more saltines. You eat three or four Oreos, and that never happens because you eat the whole pack, actually. <laughs> and then you just feel fat. Uh, I mean, moderately. God, when Jerry came down, you know. This is going to be one of the last times I see Jerry for a long time. So we reinstated the tradition, that being the ultimate challenge, the test of pure manliness, the attempt to eat an entire Entenmann's chocolate marshmallow cake. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I think Alex actually documented a good amount of it. Well, no, we didn't make it. We, We gave up about halfway, as we always do, after having consumed... Uh, let's say like a thousand calories, <laughs> maybe a little more, maybe like twelve hundred. I think it's two hundred and eighty calories a serving, eight servings in the thing. I don't know if I've ever told that story on the podcast, but if you're not familiar with the Entenmann's chocolate cake with the marshmallow frosting, make yourself. You'll you'll not regret it. But Jerry, who is an avid exerciser and martial artist when he would go to kung fu class on at on occasion his teacher 
would sit down in the middle of class and eat an entire one of these cakes. <laughs> and that's how we decided that it was the show of ultimate manliness. Of course, his teacher had the rigorous workout that I am not so privileged to. <laughs> I don't even think that's about like rigorously working out. You have to have a special kind of constitution to choke that much down. That's I a mean, lot I'm of just saying, food. like, he could eat the 2,400 calories and be guaranteed that it would not really adversely affect him, considering that I'm willing to believe that the majority of his day was centered around removing those calories. <laughs> Whereas me... These days, I'm mostly behind a desk. <laughs> That's one thing I discovered after quitting my old job. I was like, wow, old job was really acting like a stopgap against my obesity. <laughs> it's like when you got to walk like five or six miles a day, you can eat pretty much whatever you want. Yeah, it makes a big difference. Not so much anymore. I'm actually like, maybe I shouldn't eat a whole pizza. I mean, I still do, but I question it. <laughs> I'm starting to reach that point where after the, you know the fifth piece you think maybe you know I'm not really hungry anymore and maybe I really shouldn't even consider being hungry anymore since I've just eaten you know something that's basically bread and cheese. Yeah. I went to um Quiznos today for lunch, which I think was a poor choice. Like I really don't like Quiznos, but it was close and convenient, so I did. And, you know, they've only got two things. They've got the 6-inch sub and the 12-inch sub. And I see the 12-inch sub. Shit. Hoagie. It's a hoagie. I'm not so far removed from Philadelphia that I cannot say hoagie. What have you um, become? I'm so, I've become everything I most hate. <laughs> right. So I'm looking at the 12-inch hoagie, and I'm thinking, if they make a 12-inch hoagie, that means there's a possibility that I will not be sated by the 6-inch hoagie. <laughs> And that that's a concern. That's very real to me. Like, <laughs> that's I don't want to take that risk. And what's what's what worse? I'm still is they, hungry. They trick you because it's not. It's only half as much more. It's not twice as much for the twelve inch. It's only fifty percent more. So you're making money on it. We're losing less. Yeah, I I go to Subway and I never get the twelve inch hoagie. That just feels feel like, like too much food in the middle of the day. I would be guilty if I did not. Guilty, guilty what are they going to do with the other six inches? Are they just going to throw it out? <laughs> yeah, they like give you. Oh well, I guess this bread has to go to waste because you didn't want to <laughs> eat all twelve inches. So instead of making you fatter, it's just going to go in the trash, where it will also not be making a starving African child fatter. Yeah, I know the those poor Nigerian kids. They could have eaten that hoagie. I never ever understood in, that logic. But instead, I ate it. It's like you're wasting food. This could be given to people in Africa. Well, why wasn't it? I don't need to yeah. eat twice as much. I can eat less. I don't need that many Brussels sprouts. Exactly. Now, please pass now, I'm the I'm on to your game, Mom. You can't fool me. Listen. You weren't going to send that to Africa. That's when it's revealed, like, ten years down the line at, like, your mom's funeral. She was an avid philanthropist. <laughs> no... To- Wow, Dave's three quarters really of hard. every meal down to Kenya. <laughs> oh man! If only I knew, Mom. I'm sorry. So, Crisis Core actually worth checking out? Uh, so far, I'm a fan, but I will qualify that with saying you should listen to other podcasts where I say I'm a fan of things before I beat the game. What's the exa- what's our track record? Bumpy Trot, 
Uh, uh, Fatal Frame 3. <laughs> I mean, it could go on almost forever. Call of Cthulhu. There's That's all of them. It's, pretty, it's all oh, of them. No, that's not all. That's not even close to all. That is not well, no, even not, a no, fraction. I mean, like, all, you've, you've said you liked all the games, and then they turned out not so great. Like every yeah, game you've ever I, said you liked. I'm just saying, it's almost always that I've said I've liked a game, and I end up not liking it. Like, that's why... In more recent podcasts, I've reserved my judgment a little more, but so far I really like Crisis Core, and I think I've played it for like five or six hours so far, so I'm going to give this a middling thumbs up. It's like a thumbs diagonally approaching up, but I still got time to put it down if I change my mind. Yeah. But I'm just pleasantly surprised. Like, I'm I'm so happy. I rented it because I was like, I don't want to buy this game. It's going to be stupid and bad. I'd rather waste my time than waste my time and my money. <laughs> but it turns out I, I've wasted neither so far. Excellent. Glad to hear that the PSP is proving useful once again. Oh, man. I'm uh, Since I've bought one, I don't remember what comments I made before I purchased one, but since I bought a PSP, I may have, I may have turned coats at some point. But since I have had one in my possession, I have always been a fan of it. There's a lot of good stuff for that system. As much for the, the DS? Libra- uh, yeah, I would say so. I would say in my case, more. But Interesting. everybody's views will differ. I, for example, sort of totally hate the Advance War series. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Days of Ruin seemed exciting, but then I was like, wait, I have never beaten the Advance Wars game that I own because I actually, it's um, ball-breakingly hard. I wrote about Days of Ruin for Otaku USA. I think it's going to be in the upcoming magazine. Yeah, that game, man. It looks entirely different. There are like two new units, and it's the same damn game. <laughs> like, they don't change anything. Dave, it's, it's still, got a grittier storyline. It <laughs> is. and But the thing is, it's gritty for Advance Wars. Advance Wars can never truly be gritty. It can just be more gritty than it other Advance Wars games, which That's is like, to say the countries aren't named after Lucky Charm shapes. <laughs> you mean like Blue Moon and Yellow Sun? Yeah. yeah. It's like that's not exactly like Road Warrior levels of <laughs> intensity. Uh, I am humongous, leader of the pink unicorns. <laughs> the humongous. The humongous. Gosh, that was such a great movie. Yeah, you I know, own it on Blu-ray. I think I had a dream that we developed, like, for some reason we were super popular. And I we had created, like, you know, we just did that, like, one of our catchphrases was, you know the rules of Thunderdome. Yeah. And uh, Well, we kind of, that, I mean, half of that is true. Yeah. Well, anyway, but we became so famous that we got enough clout that Tina Turner actually came on to our podcast and said those lines. Really? Just like, like um, what's her name? The black chick on the Howard Stern show? Yeah. She's like just there to basically be a living sound clip. <laughs> well, what, no, it wasn't like she was there all the time. This was like a special guest appearance by Tina Turner. And the only thing she did was say, you know the rules of Vodertown. Uh, Bust the deal. Face the wheel, man. Exactly. That's for real. That's for um, real. I, I got to say, Joel, we've got over a thousand listeners, probably, maybe. We don't know how many are bots. Probably a lot. Um, I think we could probably get Tina Turner on here. We could swing it. 
she's not that popular. <laughs> well, thanks, Dave. Now you've sunk any chance we had of getting Tina Turner on here. As long as she doesn't listen to this episode, maybe I could convince her through song. <laughs> oh, what's love got to do? Got to do with it. Oh, man. What's love but a secondhand emotion? What's love got to do? Got to do with it. Who needs Tina Turner when I can just record her sound files from Thunderdome <laughs> and play them in the show? Dave, we could have got Auntie her on. Entity, if what's the name chosen... of your character mean? <laughs> you should have chosen Private Dancer, and then she would have come on. Damn. My, you my ability it. to gauge Tina Turner's you reactions is not as good as it once was. In my prime, maybe. Oh, do we want to end this debacle? Sure. Um, I guess this was a food podcast. People say they were missing the food podcast. Well, this was a podcast almost devoted entirely to food. So consider this retroactively reimbursing you for the 100 podcasts where we didn't really talk about food. Exactly. Now it's just centered in one caramel chunk of chewy good foodness. Um. I I would like to apologize for the April Fool's joke. I'm only doing this I'm doing this preemptively because I don't know what the reaction will be. If it's very bad, I will leave this in. If people are actually fooled by it, I will cut this out and I'll act like it was a brilliant idea from the start. Uh we'll see. I'm glad we passed on the suggestion of saying uh Graziella was pregnant. Yeah, she might. I was thinking she might have gotten pissed off by that. I think she just did. <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> You're funny. Your ego is pretty Mama Bear. But it would have been a, but it would have been a good, uh, good excuse for canceling the show. Exactly. The show's not going to get canceled. We're going to. This show is canceled because Dave is leaving the country. Because <laughs> Graziella was, was trying to. I was yeah. I've got to escape. <laughs> Actually, the new co-host will be Senor Riley. <laughs> Broadcasting from an undisclosed location. Howdy, amigos. Today we are talking about the Feast of the North Star. My name is ha- David. What's the Mexican equivalent of David? David. Nobody will ever crack our code. Nobody. <laughs> As I broadcast from my Pueblo. All right, let's shut this down. Fast Karate's 200th episode. We're off to a rockin' and good start. As per the usual, you don't think of them at all. You keep your mind on the money, keeping your eyes on the wall. No life for a, for a space pirate bounty hunter, gentlemen. All right, you ready? Yep. <laughs>